It's time to step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Three-time winner for Best Sports Reporter and Commissioner of the SECHC. And Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the Music City. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 1025 The Game. And welcome to Penalty Box Radio. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Max taking care of us tonight. And as we have learned, what happened during the pause for the Predators is it was baby making season. <laughs> as as news, so. <laughs> news has come out of so many national predators and their significant others being pregnant. And congr- I'm sure they're not the only team that is going through this because they're stuck at home and. Well, there, there you go. So Pecorine came, comes out today that they're expecting, because he was on a Finnish podcast as well and confirmed it because you never know translate how it could be on Twitter. You don't. You so don't. I, I messaged You got to double check, triple check. Message the host and was like, just making sure that, that Twitter didn't get this wrong. He's expecting to be a father, correct? Yes, due in November. <laughs> so the Pecorine, Austin Watson is expecting another child. And what? Who else? Oh, Roman Yossi, Roman Yossi? Yep. <laughs> the captain, having a having a baby. So, and then it looks like Matt Duchesne as well as expecting their second. So, th- what a quarantine it was for them. <laughs> Clearly, very very busy. They had things to do. <laughs> Clearly, it reminds me of The Incredibles. It's like what Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl got married and got busy. <laughs> You know I'm terrible with your movie references. Oh, I've never watched The Incredibles. Glenn Blackwell. If it's not a Hallmark Christmas movie or a musical, then I'm chances are I haven't watched it. Oh my goodness. That mm-hmm. I know. It's Pixar. I know you hate me. It's Pixar. It's not even a science fiction movie, which I, I totally know, I just understand. don't watch a lot of movies. Well, maybe I need to have a talk with your cat and get you to watch more mm-hmm. movies. As long as there's a cat in there. No. I'm sure. I'm sure. There's got to be a kitty involved, and then you'll be fine. Just got to calm That'll you down and, and watch a film. So mm-hmm. congratulations to all that. I'm sure we'll hear more breaking news about other couples being pregnant for the natural predators, but congratulations to all of them. I'm sure it's exciting news. And again, I'm sure they're not going to be the only team that we hear about that coming out of <laughs> quarantine and the season pause. Probably not. Pro- probably not. That everybody starts not doing just the, a predator thing. Everybody starts doing the baby math. <laughs> As well, it's like so. If there's a due date here, and you, oh, March, yep, April, uh huh, yep, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran the numbers and uh, ran the numbers. So, anyways, we do have a fantastic show for you tonight. Really excited. One five-time Stanley Cup champion and and, and hockey Hall of Famer Grant Fuhr is going to join us. I'm. Super excited. Super excited. I'm thrilled about that right there to discuss Three Ice Hockey, which could be coming to Nashville, and you have to vote to bring it to Nashville because it'll go on tour across the I know. North we get a say-so in this. This yeah, is you great. you get a say-so if you get to see it. And then also, Nichelle Simon, who is my coworker of Total Package Hockey, but also played at NWHL for the Metropolitan Riveters last year and has competed twice in American, American Ninja Warrior and is also a cancer survivor. Right after American Ninja Warrior. So she's battled through it all. And, Talk about resilience. And resilience. Oh, and she's also a hockey coach. Yep. And the founder of a girls' hockey program. Mm-hmm. Hockey, hockey, hockey. 
<laughs> so, All the hockeys. So, Glenn, let, let's get your take on this. The, the Stanley Cup playoffs, mm-hmm. four teams remain, and there have been some interesting results <laughs> in the series. A little, bit. A little interesting. My pick, I still am thinking the Ve- that Vegas is going to win in that series against Dallas. Mm-hmm. But it was quite interesting how Dallas got it done in the first game. Yeah. It wasn't pretty, but they got it done. And then what does Vegas come out and do? They come out and respond with another shout-out. So both games have been shutouts: one one nothing, one a 3 nothing. But I think Vegas kind of woke up. They did. They did wake up a little bit. And, I mean, Dallas is just – I'm, I'm with you. I think that Vegas <laughs> is going to win this. But Dallas, sometimes you just never know. You know, they came out, they did it, but that's the thing. When you look, when you compare the East and the West and you look at the massive difference in offense in both of these, it's just like, I mean, there's a little bit closer of a chance, you know, that the Dallas could come back in, in game two, but didn't, didn't make it happen. Vegas did. That was a good, that's a good um, way to put it. They woke up, knew what they needed to do, and they did it. Speaking of offense, going Speaking. over the East. My goodness, in a My playoff, God. an 8-2 score in a playoff game in the, in the mean, conference final. Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. Just, I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> My only explanation is that, you know, Tampa Bay had quite a bit of practice <laughs> against Columbus and Boston <laughs> in the sense that they're playing, you know, a defensive-minded game. Um, and so now sure. it's like they walked in and were like, okay, <laughs> we got this. This is fine. It's, and they made it look way too easy. And they're doing it without Steven Stamkos. Exactly. They're doing it without Steven Stamkos. And Braden Point, what a playoff it's he's just having. A, yeah. I mean, it, it's we're seeing this on a different level than we're used to seeing. I think this is those last few years of everybody saying, well, Tampa, they look like this, but they don't look like this on the ice. They look like this on paper. I think now we're just seeing all of that in, in excess. Yeah. It's incredible. It's 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 interesting because you can see the chip on their shoulder a little bit. Mm-hmm. That is, this is very different from last year, where the tweet was, "We don't have any words, and we know you don't want to hear them. We understand your anger, your frustration, your sadness, everything you're feeling. We get it. This isn't the ending we imagined, and certainly not the one we wanted. Thank you for being there the entire way." They've they've worn that on their sleeve, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the entire season, and now the postseason, especially. <laughs> They're like, let me tell you what's not going to happen. <laughs> we are not going to have this kind of tweet again because we all saw it. Yeah. So only one game in, and mm-hmm. obviously Barry Trotz will be able to tinker and fix that. I'm sure. I doubt we see another blowout like that. No, no, I don't but, think that's going to happen. I think the Islanders oh. are going to find a way to to really show up. I don't know what the result's going to be, but I do not think we're going to see that again. But what a way to kick it off. I know. That's Talk about crazy. momentum so, going into the next game. So, Glenn, before we move on, who's your pick then in the Stanley Cup final? So what I've got think? I've got Tampa Bay and the Knights. Okay, that'd be an offensive explosion. Like <laughs> right a lot. There. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine. Oh, for I can a imagine. I mean, we have fifty fifty chance, right? Yeah. <laughs> of getting. Of, You're well, like I've already imagined. Twenty five percent chance just because fourteen. Oh, there's four. Yeah. You know, like you know. said, we did the math. Did the math on the babies? Now we got to do it. I'm on the better games. at doing baby math, I guess, <laughs> than compared to sports and real math. You know, the math that counts. Those are hard for this. Okay, so an article came out on the Athletic from Scott Burnside, basically mm-hmm. addressing what teams need. Mm-hmm. Right, and what they think the teams need. Well, I think it's pretty apparent what the Predators need, mm-hmm. and he even addresses here that less passengers because yeah. that was the team was full of passengers and not many drivers. Yeah, in the the series against the Coyotes, I can't even say the playoff series and the qualifying round series against the Coyotes. I, I, know. So, I still say that's playoffs. So, but. so we look at this, and there's been changes already mm-hmm. in terms of staffing, and it's looking like 
I think it was what Elliot Friedman or was it who's it Craig Custance that said Dan Hynote? I think Craig Custance said Dan Hynote is looking like replacement for Dan Muse mm-hmm. as assistant coach for the National Predators. Dan Hynote and extensive career as a player and as a coach and as part of NHL organizations already. I mean, he played most of his career with the Colorado Avalanche, uh, also spent time with the St. Louis Blues. So he played professional hockey from 1997 all the way to 2010. So he had an extensive career mm-hmm. and in terms of points had 90 points in that. And Matasquai, well, he's a right wing, but he didn't play the top minutes right there. But Dan Hynode as well. Uh, he also was a coach, and he spent a lot of time as a coach. He's been a coach, sorry, mm-hmm. and but he's been pl- he's been a coach with the Columbus Blue Jackets for four seasons. Was a scout for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and has now been a, a coach with the U.S. national team, so the development program, mm-hmm. the national team development program. So kind of the same background of John Hines as well, developing young players, developing junior players, things like that, which could bode well for giving the youth that's going to hopefully come into the National Predators. Yeah, and I want to touch on that a little bit because Scott Burnside mentioned, you know, if, if you didn't read the article, he mentioned just at the very, very end, just saying, you know, filling in those places with younger, hardworking players that remind some of those veteran players what it's like to be a predator, what it means to be a predator. So I think that you can never underestimate or undervalue what a youthful, hungry Almost naive, not in a negative way, <laughs> mm-hmm. but in, that brings, I think, a little bit of positivity. It brings a jolt and a jump to those players that have been there a while. We often talk about the presence of veterans and what they bring, and at the exact same time, I think that that youthful hunger is necessary too. So I think maybe that's a good jump start for people. I'm, I would hope, you know, <laughs> you think, because speak- you can't underestimate the presence of that youthful spirit. Speaking of youthful hunger, back to Dallas and Yoel Kiviranta. <laughs> what he was able to you accomplish. Say it so elegantly. Yoel yeah, <laughs> Kiviranta. So, <laughs> and what he pulled off in game seven for the Dallas Stars, I mean, wasn't even supposed to play. Mm-hmm. He only played because Cogliano was injured. He comes in and gets a hat trick, the hat trick goal being. In overtime, in Game Seven, yeah, what a way to say That's hello! I'm part the of this team. That's the I'm talking about. That hunger, that almost naivete. That he's like, you know what? I can go out there and do this. Naivete. I don't, I don't <laughs> like. There's, there's a less hesitation. I think in youthful players, we see there's less hesitation on the ice. There's not as much second guessing because they're just they're out there and they're ready to play. You're this right. is their opportunity. They're ready to go. You're right. And so speaking of that, I mean, what we've seen basically, I think it was Adam Vingan that reported first was Mikhail Glenland, mm-hmm. most likely testing free agency. Yeah. Which is which expected. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. And there's teams out there that I think he'd absolutely be a better fit for. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it didn't work out really in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, under, t- under two different coaches. I don't think Peter Laviolette put him in a position to fully succeed. He looked better under John Hines. It looked like he was getting better. And then the pause happened. Mm-hmm. And then just didn't have a good situation in the qualifying round mm-hmm. <laughs> to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just didn't work out well with, with what he was paired with. And then Kyle Turris, I'm sure we'll see something happen there eventually too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so Whatever that might look like. And Craig Smith, uh, I, I'm sure talks have been going on there too. Because I, I would imagine David Poyle would love to keep Craig Smith in Nashville mm-hmm. if they can come to the right terms. Yeah. It's just he's played his whole career here. Craig Smith has built his... his family here his homes here mm-hmm. in nashville now with that so i'd assume there, there hopefully there's something that can work out and i'll be fine with that as long as it's not a raise well yeah and i think i'd be fine with craig smith staying yeah i think that it's totally possible especially if you yes. know if granlin does go off yes somewhere else you've much. got a little bit more room to do that so it's not like 
trying to keep them both right. wouldn't really happen cap-wise. So. Right. And then, obviously, you like we've been preaching on here, youth, 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 Philip Tomasino, mm-hmm. I'm sure, Ellie Tolvanen, Rem Pitlick, some of those names that will probably get seen, especially mm-hmm. during training camp. I think Tomasino is going to be a very hard look, and I would expect him to be on the opening at roster. That's just my take, Yeah, is that they – they do that. They brought him in even though he didn't play and even though he didn't even make the trip to Edmonton. They brought him in for return to play camp just to get to know more people and to talk with the coaches. And then you have Ellie Tolvanen also playing in Europe mm-hmm. with Jokerit for the KHL right now just to basically keep his legs going mm-hmm. because he's on loan there. Highly unlikely he comes back, but Daniel Carr also signed a temporary deal in the KHL as well to go over to, go over to Europe. So it'll be very interesting to see what goes on there. Okay. I'm going to completely switch gears. Let's talk NWHL, American Ninja Warrior, and everything that we can possibly think of with Nichelle Simon. And let's hear her story up next. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Max. That brings me back to childhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, Max yeah. wasn't even close to alive. That brings me back to like three days ago because that's the kind of music I listen to <laughs> all the time. It brings me back to being two years old for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't know how I remember this, but being in the car going to Disney. I oh, wow. <laughs> I don't remember anything from when I was two. Maybe it's just because there was home video of it. That's probably why oh, that's still probably why. That helps. Okay, really excited for our next guest. What a story she has, and she was just on national TV a few days ago with American Ninja Warrior. We have Nichelle Simon. Nichelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, folks that don't know, Nichelle is now my coworker, so I'm really excited about that. <laughs> it just Everything worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so really Nichelle, there. absolutely. So let, let's first start with the American Ninja Warrior thing, because that's the most recent thing that happened as well to you. And it was your second time going on that. Is it weird to see yourself on national TV? <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. And my first time, obviously, and uh, it was it was pretty incredible. I think, um, you know, even a few seconds of uh, being on national TV makes you very popular very quickly. <laughs> so, um, it was it was really neat to see myself up there. <laughs> so, like you mentioned, this was your second time on Ninja Warrior. So, was the preparation process the same for you, both physically and mentally, having been there before, or did you kind of change your approach in any way? You know, it was totally different. The first time I went on, I trained for a year and a half and tried out twice. And um, so, I had a long preparation, and uh, both mentally and physically. This time, it kind of got dropped on my plate um, three weeks before I was supposed to, I was going to run. I got a phone call uh, asking if I wanted to be on the show this year. And um, it was much more of a mental game this time than it was physical, because in three weeks, you can't really do anything physical much. Uh, I tried to lose a little bit of weight, but um, you really can't train too much and overdo it or anything like that. So really, it was mostly mental, um, thinking about different obstacles, you know, thinking about how to do them and, and thinking about just being successful and, and getting through the course as best I could. And what a year this has been, just the the COVID weirdness as well with everything. But you have the NWHL that went on. First of all, just how was that experience in doing that? Because in terms of playing, you played college hockey back in the early 2000s, and then you jump ahead to this year, and you're playing professional <laughs> women's hockey. So how was that experience like for you playing with the Riveters? Yeah, it's, it's been a long time since I've really played competitive women's hockey, and I've always wanted to try to play at the highest level I could. And, you know, when I was when I was in college, there was no NWHL, and really the only next level was the Olympics, and that's quite a jump. Um, so um, it was 
it was an awesome challenge for me to skate with players that are, are so young and so skilled. Um, and both with and against them, it was, it was awesome being on ice with them every day. They challenged me in every way and pushed me to my limits. And I was the best hockey player I've ever been last year, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but off the ice was even even more meaningful almost. I was able to really um, coach and mentor a lot of uh, girls and women and, and also other kids and, and adults um, and was able to tell my story. And it was really inspirational to see people who cared so much about my story who didn't know me um, except for being on the team. So it was, it was a really off ice was almost almost as much of a um, it was almost as inspiring as being on the ice with those girls, you know. And I want to go back to the day that you found out you're now a part of the Riveters. You had worked hard to train. You had been through a lot of stuff in your personal life. You show up for a tryout for a professional hockey team and you get it. So I want to go back to that moment for you. What was that like as this, all of a sudden, this was this brand new beginning? It was, it was an amazing feeling that just, it gave me a lot of um, confidence because they, you know, I, I knew that I thought that I could do it. I thought I could play at that level and I really wanted to know, um, you know, if I could. And, and that gave me the confidence that, you know, I needed to know that I could play at that level. And it was just, when I got the, the word that I was going to be playing, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. My boyfriend um, all along had said, you better be careful. You go try out for the NWHL and you're going to make a team. <laughs> and I really didn't believe him. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, there I was making a team. So it was, it was really awesome. And it is awesome. Again, Nichelle Simon joining us. She played with the Metropolitan Riveters last year and just got done competing in American Ninja Warrior. That aired on Monday, and I'm sure there's clips of it um, that'll be on the internet everywhere, and you can and you can watch it as well. So let's jump back further then as we continue to go backwards, starting from the most recent now to go backwards. <laughs> the, the story you had, because you competed on American Ninja Warrior back in 2017, and then following that, uh, you were diagnosed with cancer. And it was one of those things I'm sure that took a toll as well, but you were also able to come back from that to, to make the NWHL, to, to compete in American Ninja Warrior again. So if you could just, what was your story like in, in going through that battle and how did it inspire you to do what you're doing now? Yeah, I'm, the breast cancer uh, diagnosis came less than a year after I ran the course the first time for American Ninja Warrior. And I was preparing to go tr- train um, in Nashville for the NWHL at that time point and um try out for them a couple months later and clear you know obviously when the breast cancer diagnosis came up that put everything on hold for about six months and I went through all of that stuff um but what I really believe you know is that American Ninja Warrior prepared me uh for the cancer the breast cancer battle it taught me that I'm stronger in every way than I could ever imagine mentally physically emotionally and that you can do way more than you think you can and you can get through more more than you think you can so I really believe that A&W came that, that year before cancer because it was there to help me get through the, the breast cancer as far as the chemo and the surgery and all that kind of stuff. And then I believe that the NWHL, you know, I, I didn't do that earlier for a reason also because I, I think it was on the other side of breast cancer to push me through the recovery. So when I got done with chemo and everything, I had something, I had a goal that I, I wanted to get to. I wanted to travel for the NWHL and I wasn't going to let you know, cancer get in the way of that, but it was an experience that uh, gave me the opportunity to challenge myself and and have a goal to get out of the the chemo funk that it kind of puts you into. 
and, and you've definitely you've been through it all and I'm sure obviously can share that story with so many as well just to say you know everything from battling cancer to training to leadership to playing college hockey and professional hockey and so the, you started the program the Southern Thunder which is the National Bound Women's Hockey Program what is that and how are you sharing your experiences with with women that want to go on and play the next level yeah, I started that program because when I started playing adult hockey outside of college, you know, there wasn't really a competitive women's hockey team in this area in the South. And um, we are the only competitive women's hockey, you know, recreational but competitive um, in the area. And so I started that to uh, have a local team that I could play with that was higher level. And I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of the women who still want that, you know, they want to they want to play and have fun, but they still want to compete at a at a, a level that involves some intensity and and some commitment. Um, and I, it allows us to do that, and it's a, it's been a great. I mean, that's my that's my second family. Um, we just enjoy playing together so much and competing at you know the highest level that we can as a group. And expanding on that a little bit from both a management and a coaching perspective, um, at the end of the day, for you personally, what's the most important thing that you want these young girls to take away from their time in this organization? Uh, I want the young girls to know that there's, you know, you have to set goals in life and you have to commit to them 100%. If you hold on to any of your fears or any uh, safety nets or backup plans, you're never going to get to where you want to go. You have to just let go and commit 100%. And if you do that, you guys, you can do anything. You can reach any of your dreams and goals that you want. I, I think that's Can you be my life coach? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Give me a call. Yeah, that is, that perfect. Is perfect. Glad to know you now. <laughs> and, and before I have to let you go, because, I mean, it's one of those things, it, you're all things hockey. I mean, and all things mm-hmm. just leadership and everything too. And so you're part of Total Package Hockey, the organization as well that has locations just based all over and you're based in, out of the Huntsville area as well. So a lot of people always have questions of what is Total Package Hockey and you've been with this organization for a long, long time as well. So what is this organization and what does it mean to you to be a part of it? Uh, Total Package Hockey, yeah, I've been with the company for 13 years. I did not think that would happen when I first started working <laughs> for them. Um, but, you know, it, it only goes to show what I think of uh, TPH because I I think TPH runs uh, their company with a, a high level of morality and a, and a high principle. And um, and I love the way that we run things. You know, we, we work a lot with student-athletes now, and um, I think we're positively impacting the student-athletes in a, in a great way, both academically and athletically. And I, I've only become more ingrained with our company. I because of how great they are with uh, their commitment to, you know, academics and to making the the student, the athlete, and the person uh, better. All, all about leadership qualities, too, and making people a better human being. Well, Nichelle, thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us, all the different stories that you have. That's just what's so exciting to talk with you about. So we really appreciate your time tonight. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. All right, folks, Nichelle Simon, she played with the Riveters last year in the NWHL. She was just an American Ninja Warrior on Monday and was on American Ninja Warrior in 2017. She's a breast cancer survivor. She started and coaches a Southern Thunder National Bound Women's Hockey Program. She played college hockey. She went to Shattuck St. Mary's, which is a very well-known, obviously, prep school. Mm-hmm. Whew. She is busy. quite the story. <laughs> She's quite the story, an awesome hockey story. Nichelle Simons, I really appreciate her taking the time. Okay, mm-hmm. up next... Really excited for our next guest, Grant Fuhrer, 
You should know that name. He's a Hockey Hall of Famer, a five-time Stanley Cup champion, and he is a coach with Three Ice Hockey, a three-on-three professional hockey league that will be touring North America. And it could be stopping here in Nashville, but it's up to the fans to vote to bring it to Nashville. So we're going to talk to Grant Fear up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN, 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Max Making me feel good with the music choices. Mm-hmm. I just, it's feel-good music yeah. tonight. Taking and I me love back. That. I love that. Well, very excited for our next guest. Whew, I, I can't run down all the accolades because it would take up the whole segment, but a five-time <laughs> Stanley Cup champion, Hockey Hall of Famer, a Vezina winner as well, Grant Fuhr, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you're a part of this organization called Three Ice, and it's something I remember reading about a little while ago, but now they have the, the coaching staff, and you're going to be a coach with this. What is, for those that out there that don't know it, what is Three Ice Hockey? Three Ice Hockey is basically three-on-three hockey. So take the NHL overtime and turn it into a full game. So two eight-minute periods, so it'll be all nice, high intensity, and it should be a lot of fun. I love the high-intensity aspect of this. Um, Grant, obviously, three-on-three play is a definite way to showcase the offensive talent present. And as a goalie, what do you like about the element that three-on-three is going to bring to these games? Well, I think the fun part as a goalie is you're going to matter. I mean, you, one, you've got to be able to pass the puck. Two, you've got to be able to face a bunch of odd-man rushes. And that's the one thing about three-on-three is you're going to get a lot of odd-man rushes. You're going to get a lot of breakaways. So for a goalie, you're you're going to be able to showcase yourself very simply. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it reminds me already of the video game, obviously, because that's become very popular in video game tournaments, and people seem to pretty much love the overtime aspect in, in the NHL right now, too. And so looking at this and at the website, which is 3ice.com, it's nine tour stops in nine cities starting next summer, the summer of 2021. So that's great because it gives us time to get through what we're going through right now. And so fans can hopefully enjoy this in 2021. So these nine tour stops, fans are going to be able to vote on this as well. So how can fans partake and make sure that it comes to a city like Nashville so they can experience this? Well, if you follow Three Ice on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, what else are we on? <laughs> whatever, whatever social media platforms there is, Three Ice is on there, and it gives the fans an opportunity, and I think they're going to pick the nine cities to get the most votes, and away we go. That, that's exciting. So seeing some of the other names on here as well, like Guy Carboneau and Angela Ruggiero, Ed Johnston, John LeClaire, Joe Mullen, Larry Murphy, Brian Trotty, I mean, there's some big-time hockey names as well. So why does it feel for you to be a part of this group as well as just so many great hockey minds being a part of something that's really exciting? Well, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of them, well, all of them, I haven't met Angela yet, but the rest of them are friends of mine. So it's going to be a good time and I love offensive hockey. I grew up in the era of offensive hockey and played in the era of offensive hockey. So it's something that I appreciate and it's something that I really enjoy. Yeah. So, and again, again, folks, Grant Fuhr joining us, Hockey Hall of Famer, five-time Stanley Cup champion on Penalty Box Radio. And Grant, looking at the evolution of the goaltender, I always love getting the goaltender mindset of this too because the goal, the goaltender positions obviously changed over the years. You hardly see anybody standing up anymore. They're, they, they, they hit the ice a lot as well and the, a lot of flexibility and, and athletic skill in there too. What have you noticed just about the evolution of the goaltender over the past few decades since you've played? And do you like that or do you prefer the style that when you were playing? Well, Obviously, I'm kind of partial to the athletic style. <laughs> but as as the game changed and more defensive systems came in, the goalies got bigger. They played more angles where they didn't have to move as much. 
And as the league's taken the hooking, the holding away, the game started to open back up again, and you're starting to see a transition of goalies now where they're having to become athletic again. So it's kind of fun to see that the game's kind of gone full circle for goalies, where now the best goalies are the hybrids, where they can do both. Yeah, absolutely, and we're seeing this too, and we're we're seeing especially in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now too, all different types of goalies, and throughout the playoffs as well, we've seen plenty of different types and size as well. What is your take on goaltender size? I mean, we, we see guys that are sometimes small but very athletic. Then we see some guys that are big and lanky and tall that can move really well too. So what is your take on this, and, and how do people adapt to that in their size? You know what I think? It's over the last oh, 10 years or so, everybody went for the bigger goalie. But what you're starting to see now is it's not so much the bigger goalie as the goalie that's athletic and can play. I mean, I'm on a good day 5'10". And most of the guys around my era were 5'10", but we could all move around and we were all semi-athletic. Now you've got some bigger guys, and the guys that you see that are having the success are the guys that are big, but they're still athletic. So it's not so much the angles anymore, it's the guys that are athletic and can actually make the second saves that everybody's starting to choose. And from that right there, too, it sounds like that's going to be the kind of goalie that will be successful in this three-on-three tournament as well. has to be extremely athletic to show off their skills, would you agree? Oh, definitely. And that's the fun part of three-on-three. I mean, that's, <laughs> it goes back to the era I played in where you've got to be athletic because it's just the way the game works with three-on-three. So I'm really looking forward to that. And so, so how did this come about as well for you to be a part of this three-ice hockey? Because it's professional hockey, but it's going to be touring. So how did it come about for you to be a part of this organization? Uh, they reached – actually, Mr. Patrick reached out to me to see if I'd be interested in it. And he knew the era I'd played in, and I coached a little bit at Mario's Fantasy Camp. And I, I still enjoy being around the game. I still enjoy coaching in the game. And it's an opportunity to have some fun coaching. But, again, because of the offense of it, I love offensive hockey. <laughs> so I'm not strange goalie. I like goals. So. <laughs> so so I take it you enjoyed watching what Tampa Bay was able to do to the Islanders? <laughs> I was. That's kind of old school hockey. That, that's my version of a fun game where 8-2, 8-4, those kind of games are still fun. <laughs> Unless they're the ones that you're getting scored against. Not too fun for them, mm-hmm. for those goaltenders. But I'm sure it's fun to watch on the other side. <laughs> it is. I mean, as a goalie, the whole deal is give up one less goal. And everybody worries right. about numbers and save percentage and everything in this day and age. But at the end of the day, it's still, you have to win. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the bottom I'll- line. I love the simplicity in that. It's very true. Um, and looking back on your years in the NHL, so many accolades – five-time Stanley Cup champion. I know there's probably a thousand answers that are going to come to mind when I ask you this, but looking back on your years in the National Hockey League, is there a pinch-myself moment that comes to mind when you look back on all that you experienced and all the moments you had that you want to share with us? I think the biggest thing was just being able to play in the National Hockey League. I mean, I was lucky. I grew up just outside Edmonton about 10 miles outside, and to actually be able to play in my hometown in front of friends and family, I think that was the kind of pinch-yourself moment. It's a, I mean, it's a good moment just to, just to have that privilege to do that. Exactly. <laughs> so, Graham, before we let you go, too, I want to bring up, because I know you've been you know, interviewed about this before, too, but especially with what both countries, Canada and U.S., are going on right now with, with diversity in hockey, and I know you've been interviewed about Wayne Simmons and talking diversity in the NHL as well, too, just – your take on, on what's going on and, and how important representation is. And obviously you represent so many great people as well and what you've done with your career and, and what you've accomplished as well too. So just want to see your take on, on representation and what that means for the sport of hockey to make sure inclusion is there. Well, I think definitely 
hockey has to be inclusive. I mean, I think it's made a lot of strides from the time that I started to where we are now with the diversity program, the Hockey Alliance. I mean, the game's making good strides. And as athletes, because we play a game, we get a platform. But at the same time, you have to make sure that that platform, you're not setting yourself up to say, okay, I support this. But if that turns and goes a different direction, like the peaceful protests and such, I'm all for that. The side of that is there's been all the lot rioting, looting, that sort of thing. I, you can't support that. So it's, and when you're picking one case to look at, you got to wait till all the details come out. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is you don't want to jump to any conclusions. No, you make a very good point there. Well, Grant, we appreciate your time, and I know we're going to encourage people to go and vote for Nashville because we want to see this here in Nashville. And just thank you so much for joining us here on Penalty Box Radio. Oh, it's my pleasure, and I hope we come to Nashville. It's a great city. <laughs> we hope you do, too, because I want to see three-on-three hockey and see some goals. <laughs> oh, you would love it. There will be lots of goals. There's no question. That's great. Well, Grant, thank you so much again. We really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Okay, Grant Fuhr, Hall of Fame goaltender, five-time Stanley Cup champion. We keep saying that just because it's so awesome to say, oh, and, hey, we get Grant Fuhr on the show. But <laughs> what I love about it is that – He loves goals. When, at that, <laughs> and when you list all of these accomplishments and accolades for somebody who is experienced and and been recognized so much. I mean, Wayne Gretzky has been quoted multiple times saying that he is the best goaltender in NHL history. Right. And yet his favorite part – was just being invited to the game. I, I absolutely love that. There's a humbleness there. There's a very grateful, gracious mm-hmm. presence that's still there. After all that he's experienced and accomplished, it's clear that he's just very appreciative. And I love I love hearing that. Absolutely. So make sure if you want to see goals being scored, you go to three, that's the number three, ice.com and that's where you vote for your city i mean nashville you have 17 more days to vote nashville's going up against cities like boston chicago las vegas halifax hershey montreal minneapolis london ontario so big and small cities quebec city toronto winnipeg philadelphia and they're only going to nine of these cities so you need to go you and make you, it count. You got to yeah. make it count. You need to vote Nashville because I think I think everyone would enjoy coming to Nashville. This is not till next summer, so hopefully things have calmed down mm-hmm. to the point to where fans can enjoy this this thing. I mean, it's next summer, so that's where you hope. Yeah, and also, guys, <laughs> don't let Grant down because he just said on air that he wants to come here for this. So yeah. let's not let him down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. come on, you, you got to get three dot com. Three ice dot com is where you can learn about the other coaches as well. So I love the variety of coaches they have too, and coaches with tremendous accolades which is just fantastic to see there, too. So 3ice.com, vote for Nashville to get them to bring 3ice to Nashville. You see 3 and 3 hockey, lots of goals, and you're going to see multiple teams playing, especially the way that the format's set up. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nonstop. It's like you're watching the video game live, basically. It's what, yeah. To me, yeah. you're like you're watching NHL 3s live. And I'd love you, to see the mascots out there. Yeah, and if you go <laughs> if you go to the website, sign up for um, their email list. It's obviously free to do, and they'll keep you in the know as mm-hmm. things progress, so you can kind of get an idea. Maybe get the insider, you know, yeah. what's going on. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We've got, got all the information right there for you. Okay, up next, plenty of questions, including hockey and non-hockey related. <laughs> We're going to answer those, so some of the non-hockey ones. Up next, <laughs> Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Max, taking care of us. Mm-hmm. 
Feel good music tonight, man. I really do like that. Thank you. Thanks for showing up, showing Thank out. You. Thank you. We, we don't know when we're going to get him sometimes. I know. he has so many just, other duties because he's so multi-talented. She never I mean, stops, just like Justin. <laughs> I've known Max for a long time. It's, it's actually kind of crazy to, to believe that I've known you for such a long time, Max. How long have y'all known each other? I feel left out. I don't know how long you've known each other. What, six years now? Seven years? Seven years yeah. this month was when I moved here yeah. to start college. Yeah. And then he obviously was involved with Vanderbilt Hockey. Yeah. So. You got a few years on me. He's a, <laughs> he's, he's a good dude. You, good what are you, people. You've been around for a while. A joke. Okay. Okay. When you sure. said y'all go way back, I thought you were going to say like childhood. That's why I when asked you how think long you've known him. When you think in this industry, that's a long time. It is. <laughs> we're very appreciative of you. Yes. Okay. Let's get to our questions. Pucks Out Podcast asks, mm. what do y'all miss most about hockey at Bridgestone Arena? Oh. honestly i miss i mean there's like a certain smell right of the ice like you can just smell it almost it just smells not the concessions not the concessions not the play yeah if you're sitting close enough you can smell the sweaty players i don't miss that at all but there's something about the smell of walking in there it just it's very nostalgic for me Mm -hmm. and i whenever i'm there there's a there's a oh this is good you know it just feels good being there so i kind of just miss that feeling of being in there mm-hmm. that's i hear it yeah i, I and miss the smell. i miss being around my colleagues mm-hmm. because if for those of you that don't follow us on twitter which why are you not we love to burn each other quite often and it's fun yeah I mean, it's it's fun with me and gover martell robbie mm-hmm. gallagher Teresa. Everybody just burning each other up there and having fun. And it's fun. It's fun to be a, journal, a hockey journalist. Yeah. To watch these games and have fun with your colleagues and then hanging out outside because Bridgestone's set up so different for the press area. You're outside with the fans or in intermissions mm-hmm. and just seeing people walk by. That experience. I miss that. And I miss y'all sharing some of that stuff on social media. Because it's always really fun. All the trash talk. I know. Shut up, Martel. And the photos that you take of. Yeah, I just love it. It's good <laughs> stuff. Dancing to the music. <sighs> Good times. Glory days. (laughs) See, Jason asks, what are some names you think the Preds may watch for in free agency? Here's one. I'm sure his price has gone up just because of performance a little bit. But Kevin Shattenkirk would be one. If he's affordable, I'd like to see him on the third pairing. Or, yeah, the third pairing. Because what the third pairing I think I would prefer is that Alex Carrier and Frederick Allard rotate. And you have a veteran defenseman that will be able to play and be mobile in the third pairing. Because I don't think Jared Tenorti provides that. Obviously, Dan Hemmings is retired. Yannick Weber is probably going to go. Uh, Matt Irwin has already shipped off. <laughs> so I think get some youth in there, but a veteran talent, that's one of those names. But I really think there's not going to be as much of a focus in free agency because there doesn't need to be mm-hmm. to fill in a lot of gaps. If anything, free agency would be to fill in some gaps in Milwaukee that will be left from players coming to Nashville. Yep. <laughs> would be that type of free agency. So very minor league free agent signings would be my hope because you're bringing youth up from Milwaukee and from junior to fill in those spots. Yeah, that's the that's the avenue that I would go. But obviously, I'm not running a team. But <laughs> I would look at it from that perspective of bringing in that youth like we were talking about in the first segment. Okay. This one, let's see. Oh, Jonah asks, what's your favorite thing about your new day job? Oh, what is your favorite thing? My favorite thing? Because I know he's not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is that I get to go to the rink and I'm paid to do it. <laughs> I get to you hang out at a hockey rink. That, yeah. I was at, I was at Fortnite Center Bellevue all weekend. Yeah, it was a long weekend, but I was there watching hockey and capturing video and posting video and telling stories and interviewing these kids that are playing juniors and parents and about mm-hmm. the organization and everything. I got to watch Junior Preds hockey all weekend. 
It was that's my job. you and your best element. Yeah. Yeah, and that was my job. Yeah. That was that's what I love about it. Okay. I love it. <laughs> Jay is asking the thoughts on the Dune trailer. So the Dune trailer recently came out, and I for one am excited about this. One, it is it's a stacked cast. Stacked. Rebecca Ferguson, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, Oscar Isaac, Isaac Stellan Skarsgård, Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya. I mean, there, there's so many names on this that I'm excited about seeing and seeing this movie come to life so many years later. And I'll answer for Glenn because we watched the trailer <laughs> together just to make sure. And Glenn's response was, oh, hell no. That is, <laughs> there's a couple of things. <laughs> I specifically said that when the towards the very end when that big old dune was rolling up. I don't know what that was. <laughs> and I'm I'm pretty much outing myself on the fact that like you'll really get to see that I do not watch a lot of movies because the only name I Justin was like, Oh well here, just look at the names at the end. Like you'll and I'm like, Okay, Zendaya and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only person that I recognize. Which is may sound terrible to movie lovers, but I just don't watch a lot of movies, and so it's also not really my style. No, it really isn't. And I'll, I'll, I'm more I'll of musicals, Hallmark Christmas movies. You know, if they they didn't start singing in the trailer, so I was not really I wasn't that abused. <laughs> and, and you'll know Zendaya because of Greatest Showman, right? Exactly, which is why I recognized her. Well, and nerds know her because Spider Man. I didn't know she was in that. She plays MJ. Good for her. She just does it all, doesn't she? I love yeah. her. Yeah. I mean, she she's very multi-talented and skilled. Yeah. I mean, she plays a trapeze artist and then plays a plain-looking MJ in Spider-Man. It's like, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, my question is just like, what is Dune? I don't it, even know. I have to Google what is Dune. Zendaya in Spider-Man reminds me of She's All That. <laughs> you know, the like 90s the team. Rachel Lee Cook yes. girl? Okay. The, okay, let's try to really planify Somebody that's, that's somebody that's not beautiful, plain. right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it kind of reminds me of because you can see right through it. <laughs> yeah, see, I never saw Spider Man, so. but you've seen She's All That, right? Of course, so you know exactly. Okay. <laughs> of course, I have. Just saying, like that was those one of those movies yeah. from gro- us I growing up, right? I get that. Yeah. that. That's what is kind of funny about that character, but she does a fantastic job of playing that character off well as like a nonchalant teenager. Yeah, just kind of like oh, girl next door. Yeah, girl next yeah. door. Yeah, does a very a fantastic job playing that. Okay, let's see here. This is. First gas man, I had to make sure there wasn't anything inappropriate in the oh. handle. <laughs> Justin, what happens to Craig Smith in the off season? I think they're really going to try to work something out to keep him here in Nashville, mm-hmm. but it's going to be taking a hometown discount because they're probably going to have to spend some money to get rid of Kyle Turris mm-hmm. by eating some cap uh, yep. on that as well. So I, I, would, I think he stays here. There would definitely be a market for Craig Smith in free agency because what team doesn't want a consistent 20-goal scorer? Mm-hmm. just depends on the price they're willing to pay. Especially yeah. with the flat cap coming in, you don't. You're not. You're probably not going to see as many free agents making bank because yeah. teams can't afford to pay bank <laughs> during this. Especially free agency when you period. say it like that, bank. <laughs> it's, it's just it just can't happen for the, for so many different reasons. This, this is going to be a different kind of free agency. And those that didn't know, the rumor is that the initial draft is going to move to the sixth and the seventh of October, up from the nine tenth. Everything's fluid right now, mm-hmm. so we really don't know when free agency is going to start. It's going to start sometime in mid October ish. You got to throw the ish on the end of everything ish. in this year. Yeah. Ish, yeah. <sighs> okay. But yeah, I agree. Like what we said in the first yeah. segment, I think that they're, they're going to have a little bit of that cap space freed up. So to where they can work something out to keep right. stay. Yes. Yeah. Jordan is asking, if you were the LA Kings general manager, would you take Quinton Byfield or Tim Stutzel with the second overall selection? I, For me, I would take Byfield. And the reason why is size more right now. I think that's closer to being ready for the NHL. And not nothing against size. It's just that... 
If I'm the Predators, I would take him because of it. he's six four. He's listed at six four two fifteen as a center. That's yeah. starting to get towards power forward mentality. Whereas Stutzel six one one eighty seven, so he's not small mm-hmm. one eighty seven. But I think just the the size overall of Byfield makes him really enticing. This is one of those things that after Lafreniere, you're you're going to see a mix up, and who knows what's going to go on? Like what Chris Peters told us last week, it's mm-hmm. just going to be a toss-up for a lot of these picks and depends mm-hmm. on what a team specifically needs mm-hmm. and not like an absolute, this guy's got to go number two. This one needs to go number three. Exactly. You can see some yeah. shuffling. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, goodness, a 6'4 body. Talk about... 215. <laughs> that's just NHL draft eligible right now. Yeah. Wow. That's a little crazy. <laughs> Talk about... Just think about like, that's like someone hitting a brick wall. Yeah. And he probably wouldn't even budge. You yeah. know? They would just fall flat on the ice and he wouldn't even mm-hmm. touch. Uh, Laura asks, is Pekka's baby confirmed? I mean, confirmed that he's going to be a father by him because <laughs> he said it in Finnish. So if you can understand Finnish, go watch that interview. I quote tweeted it this morning, but I confirmed it with the host of the podcast mm-hmm. that I just don't Pekka think it's was been, on. Yeah. I just don't think the Predators have, as far as I know, they haven't not, they haven't, they haven't officially that. recognized yeah, it yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, but so, he confirmed it on a, on a yeah. Finnish podcast. And I mean, the Yossi baby was... Put out by his wife, yeah. Ellie. Put that one out. Yeah, and then so. following up, the predators mentioned. No, and kind of curious about the Yossi awesome baby awesome. because a few weeks ago, this is getting very you know weirdish. But Ellie had a Instagram story mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of talking about bun in the oven, and a friend tipped me off to it, and that got deleted very quickly. So I think the, she accidentally almost spilled it before they were ready to spill before it. They, yeah, before they were <laughs> announcing. Mm, I mean, you know me. I'm the one that got threatened by the Mike Fisher baby. I know. You don't so need I, any of that on your plate. Don't need, no. Don't need, don't need caused, any more of that. You've caused enough trouble as it is, JB. You know, I'm, I'm just, just trying to, this, to do my job. I'm going to need you to sit the Yossi baby out. Just trying to do my job. Okay, Scott <laughs> Wren asks, what's the link for people to watch the Nashville Fire hockey team versus 7th Element this Saturday? Yes, Penalty Box Radio is going to live stream the 9-11 Memorial game taking place at Ford Ice Center Bellevue this Saturday. That'll be at facebook.com slash penalty box radio. Peyton Turners will be doing the play-by-play for that. It's because the restrictions on folks that can be in the arena, mm-hmm. no one's going to be able to go in to watch it. <laughs> so the exactly. game's still going to take place. But, you know, we worked with Seven Element to make sure this is going to happen. So the National Fire Department hockey team will take on Seven Element in the 9-11 Memorial game that starts around 5.15 p.m. Central. And you can watch that at facebook.com slash penalty box radio we're very excited to be able to broadcast that it's something that happens every single year um so very happy to work with brian bailey and seven seven element to bring the broadcast of that one so let's see last question before we have to go uh christopher asks if Poyle truly plans to go with a bit of a youth movement to fill holes in the lineup should fans be ready for a slip in the standings i wouldn't say necessarily because where they were in the standings is, I think, where they should be given a youth movement. This, they, this team should still be a playoff team. I wouldn't necessarily say a strong Stanley Cup contender, but given other teams, they should still at least vie for the seven or eight seed, given a youth movement. Because you want that, like what you said before, Glenn, mm-hmm. you want that excitement from the youth pushing them forward a little bit more. Yeah, I don't see them as a detriment to the team. Um, so I don't think that they're going to, I don't think there's going to be any slipping when they're bringing them in to to improve the team. Right. So I don't really see that um, as a negative thing. I think that, you know, they have been getting a lot of the development and time that they needed in Milwaukee. So bring them on up and let them show that they're ready. And I wouldn't necessarily say slipping, but there will be a learning curve. There will be some rookie mistakes that happen. And it's the kind of thing like with Dante Fabro. He didn't have an awful season mm-hmm. from what I saw, 
and from what I see in the stats and everything too, it's just he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was also on the second pairing when usually a rookie defenseman should be playing on the third pairing, like Seth Jones before, and even then he was getting you know scathed by by fans and everything too. It takes time for defensemen to develop, so mm-hmm. Dante Faber should be better next season. And it'll take time for Philip Tomasino to, I think, get in there, especially because he's not a big behemoth of a dude, but he's extremely talented as well. Mm-hmm. So I think just give people time, be patient for development, but I wouldn't expect to slip in the standings. I would still expect them to finish 7th or 8th in the conference. Mm-hmm. Again, not a Stanley Cup contender, but they still should be a playoff team. I don't expect that type of slippage when you still have your core uh, overall in place that can produce enough to get you there to that point. Yeah. That's just what I see. Okay. Missed anything, especially our interviews with Nichelle Simon or Grant Fury. You can find that at com. And for Max Hurst, thank you so much for filling in as our producer tonight. And Glenn Blackwell, this has been Justin Bradford. Thank you for listening to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game.